You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Do What You Want Radio. I am Skyping Bruna Mebs. She is an illustrator and artist who lives in Pennsylvania, and she's from Brazil, and I am super excited to talk to her. So, hey, Bruna. Hi, thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on. So um, I'm really intrigued by what you do because I haven't talked to anybody who's like a full-blown like illustrator on my show yet. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? So I guess I do consider myself as an illustrator full-time, even though there are a few other little things that I do, including writing. Um, but illustration is what I pay my bills with. So that's what I consider myself. As, and I usually do a lot of work for individuals that want some sort of custom work or clients that work for companies that need some sort of illustration for a project. Yeah, well, I kind of got a little bit of background on you, and it looks like you've illustrated for clients like The Skinny Confidential, which is like one of my favorite blogs, and um, FabFitFun. Like, can you tell me a little bit about some of the brands you've worked with? Yeah, it's kind of even hard for me to remember because that was kind of most of the bigger names, I guess, that you would consider that were mostly on my first few years of work. And I kind of like forgot about them because that's what I wanted to do at first. So that's the kind of clients that I was trying to get in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, FabFitFun was a really fun project. I worked with them for a coloring book that it came in their boxes and I also did um, I started working with them for actually one of their boxes, but they end up changing the theme, and then I couldn't actually continue to do the project anymore. But they were a really fun project to do. But they were all mostly like the names that you probably would know were kind of I think in the first year or two that I started. So I kind of like forgot about them already. It's been well, a few years. How did you get all these opportunities within the first year of doing it? It was. They found me through Instagram. Okay. So I was posting a lot of just personal projects, and they reached out to me, which was kind of crazy to think that it happened so fast in the beginning, and it kind of um, took it from there. Yeah. So you would say that Instagram has been a big tool in your business? Yeah. I don't know if it was more in the beginning that it helped me. I think nowadays – People come mostly from Etsy or Pinterest. I don't know if because Instagram now it's so busy and there are so many more people, it's probably harder to get to anybody. Um, but that was probably, I think, 2015. Okay. So that, that was around the time Instagram was booming. Yeah, I think, it, and it kind of happened to just be a coincidence that it was my first year uploading my art there and yeah. I had no hopes of real work coming from it but it ended up being good for me so you started off just making work for yourself and posting it and then that turned into paid work yeah so I'm just trying to like give you a little bit of a background just so yeah, it makes ahead. sense um so I used to work as a costume designer for a film oh. and I was in the process of making kind of like a decision if I should continue with that or if I should just take on illustration because I kept getting a few little small gigs from just family members and friends from college that wanted me to do artwork and I was kind of getting really tired of the traveling and all of the crazy life you need to have in the film industry and I was like well what else can I do so then I decided to just take a year I don't remember if it was actually six months or a year but to just give it a try on illustration and see if it went anywhere and then I'll see if I'll continue with costumes or not And then in that period, I was like, oh, I'm just going to test a bunch of mediums and styles and post them on Instagram and just get feedback from people and see if they like it. And I think within a couple of months, I started getting work. So it was kind of a great timing to be online putting this stuff, but it really wasn't, I I didn't know for sure that that was going to actually turn into work. Yeah. Well, that's always, I feel like that, um, the idea of like what you post is what you'll get. 
And it took mm-hmm. me a long time to realize that too, because for me, I was posting a lot of photography that I wasn't really happy making, but that's the kind of clients I would get over and over again, because they would see that and then they would want the same thing. And then it was like a snowball effect. And so when I started yeah. posting work that I liked more or what I wanted to do, that's when I started getting people to hire me to do that kind of stuff. So it's funny, like what you put out there is what you receive. And yeah, so and especially customers and clients really don't like to take a guess or a risk within people people they hire so mm-hmm. unless they see your portfolio already i don't it's hard for them to imagine what you could do as well right i want to talk a little bit more about your whole background because that's super interesting that you were a costume designer for movies mm-hmm. and then you also you obviously have an accent so i want to you know hear about like your story about like coming from brazil and and working in the the film world and all that yeah so my grandmother is actually an art teacher so since i was very young i was always into doing some sort of artwork and fashion was kind of like my way to being creative in the family without doing exactly what she was doing. Cause mm-hmm. I felt like it was easier not to be judged I guess, by the family. <laughs> and then my mom's sister lives here in the U S mm-hmm. so I always um, came to visit her growing up. Like every few years I came. And then when I finished high school, I came and stayed with her for six months before I actually was going to start school on college okay so then when I was traveling here I met my husband which obviously at the time was just you know a boyfriend (laughs) and then we dated for a while he went to Brazil back and forth and then when we got married I ended up moving here and going to school again in America for fashion okay and then that turned into working in costumes (laughs) so you were doing costume design for movies or for like theater or both both but mostly film and tv do we know any of the movies or tv shows that you worked on oh my name was so bad um (laughs) you could definitely look me up on imdb and you see all the movies there are a few things on netflix um trying to remember the names i think the name of one that is i know is on netflix i think it's called pandemic it's a horror movie okay i'm Um, googling you right now I'm so curious. That's a really you, interesting job. And since it's like I'm, they also, it's funny with movies, they change the names a lot throughout the process after you finished filming them because you're trying to like get the right name or whatever. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the name that I thought they were, they actually change like pandemic. I think it used oh. to be called viral. So it's like kind of confusing for me to remember. Um, their yeah. actual names. Well, there's but... a lot of stuff on here. I'm really, really bad, like notoriously bad for never knowing any movies. I always joke I just watch yeah. the same like five over and over again, so I don't know these, <laughs> but it's, I mean, anyone listening who's a movie buff, you should go look it up because that's really interesting. That's cool that you're on IMDb. Yeah, it's, it was kind of like your, like every little thing you do, like everybody's like, oh, am I getting IMDb credit? You know, because yeah. it's kind of like, it's a big resume place for it totally the industry. Is. That makes you sound super cool. So how did you make that jump with the costume design into illustration? You said you just kind of started doing it and then it worked out? Well, after I finished uh, college, because I went to FIT in New York, which is just a fashion school, I had a few friends that were working for fashion companies. And one of them remembered that I really liked to draw in school. And she asked me to do a few things for her um, job. And it was to illustrate some dresses for the company she worked for, for them to put it on a mm. kind of like a catalog yeah. thing. Like a lookbook thing. Yeah. So that kind of started showing me that that industry even existed because I didn't know. I thought, I don't know, if you want to be an artist or something, you had to do what my grandmother did, which was more like the classic. You're teaching art mm-hmm. and at the same time you have your fine art thing at home and sometimes you get to sell a painting or two I didn't really thought about illustration as a career Mm -hmm. so once I was starting to get those little things of just random people asking to I was like oh maybe I could do that as well and I kind of try to do both and keeping up with costume design but that just wasn't possible because (laughs) A lot of work. Costume design, you need to work like 14 hours, 16 hours a day, and you're off on shoots for like months. Like I was, sometimes I would be home like for only like two weeks or two months out of the whole year. Yeah. 
So it was too much to do both. Uh-huh. And I was starting to get really burned out of just never being able to be home, never see family, never have a real friends or a life, you know. And since you're like, it's very different than being an actor. I feel like with being an actor, you have more freedom. You can take family to the sets, you can travel, you get breaks, you know. And for costume design, it's like, it's almost like the crew doesn't get as much um, privileges yeah. when you're working. So I was like, oh, you know, there's got to be something else I could do that it's still kind of related to my creativity, that it doesn't feel like giving up. It just feels like switching. Mm-hmm. And even in, in college, there were, like, you kind of had to choose between if you're going to do the sewing classes or the drawing classes, and I always picked the drawing ones. So I felt like maybe I can still sketch costumes and fashion, you know. So those were kind of the first gigs I was getting because that's what I knew. Even now, I still always think back. I'm like, oh, maybe I should do more fashion <laughs> um, just because it's just my background. Yeah. But I was able to figure out something else that it kind of relates to it. If that makes sense. So what, what types of things, because you said that you didn't realize that you could have a career in illustration, and I'm sure a lot of people listening don't realize that either, and that's kind of the point of this podcast is to spotlight different people and what they do and people who have interesting or different um, careers. So what are the types of things that you illustrate for clients? Like what are some of the needs that they hire you for? Yeah, so there's a few categories, I guess. There are the main things, which could be editorial, which is um, you're doing something for a magazine or a book. You can do packaging design, which is just if there's any drawing on any packages for any product. You could do advertisement. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do book covers. You can do children's books. There are you can do commissions like portraits. There are a lot of options. It's just I don't know if I didn't know enough because I only saw art as like a fine art mm-hmm. thing because of my grandmother, or if it's just not as common for people to think of an artist as a commercial person right I I feel like I had the same experience because I went to college for photography and I it was a fine art degree for studio art and so we were so focused on galleries and photographing things for people to to show in a series in a gallery or or for critiques or whatever and like when I graduated and many other people graduated were all like but how do you make money? (laughs) The commercial side of stuff really didn't occur to me. Um, I I did freelance, not freelance, um, intern for another photographer a little bit while I was in college. I ended up working for her when I graduated. So I had a little bit of um, a way to kind of see how she made money. And it was mostly with portraits and stuff, but commercial photography and, and realizing how many ways people need photography, none of that occurred to me in college because I was so like, laser focused on like this I'm going to have a gallery and I'm going to be sustaining my life with gallery focus that's just not possible for most of the people who do it so it's kind of the same thing where I didn't realize like oh people need photographs of like this for their their products like you might be designing the packaging and I might be photographing that actual product you know and there's reasons that people um, hire you and I didn't even realize what they were for you know until I kind of threw myself out there and had to make money doing it um, so that's yeah, I think it's probably we can probably blame college for that. <laughs> you know, they just focus so much on making you create a beautiful portfolio, mm-hmm. and then what? Right? It's just yeah. the business side. Really, it's not there. Right, and I had a lot of fun in college. I learned a lot. I met so many people. But I always say college was like my networking incubator because mm-hmm. basically going to college, I learned. I got to play around and like learn. And my job was to create work for my classes that was like what I had to focus on at the time but then you graduate and like all it was really good for in some aspects was that like all my clients now are people I met in college or like friends of someone I met so it was kind of like a networking opportunity more so than anything yeah it's it's definitely tricky and I think if you're not self-focused on researching and learning after you've done school you really get in trouble on now how are you going to actually make a living with your career yeah well it's funny because we're taught to be creative in the work that we make in school and then you end up having to be creative in all the other non-artistic ways like because you have to be creative with how you figure out how yeah to marketing so you yeah. still have to be creative but it's just not in the same way that you were taught because usually yeah. creative people have like a talent that's like been developing over time like they, they don't have the problem with being creative it's like 
getting creative with how you're going to get paid. <laughs> exactly. I feel like it even takes more creativity than the it, work it does. Itself. It's exhausting too. So is it just you with your business? Like speaking of that, like, is it just you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you are, a I mean, I do have some freelancers that I hire here and there, but I consider just, um, being me. Yeah. So you take care of like your, your email, your inbox and, and getting the jobs and invoicing yeah, them and doing it. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, I actually last year I kind of tried to delegate a little bit of work and I actually didn't like it. Um, which is funny because I always thought I would want less to do and more free time. And then mm-hmm. I realized I just wanted to make, cause you, as a business, everybody just makes you think that you need to grow, grow and grow. And if you're not growing, it's not working. That's not always and true. Then I, yeah, and I realized I actually wanted to make a smaller business. That was the whole point of working for myself mm-hmm. was for me not to have anybody to answer to. Right. And having employees who just create that kind of responsibility that loses the whole point of <laughs> coming to work from home. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this even smaller. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've totally heard that too where it's like you, you're successful and you're – you're growing and you're getting all these opportunities and then everyone always assumes that like that means you're going to start hiring people and this that and the other and I'm kind of like that like you like this was the whole point like my business is my name it's just me mm-hmm. so yeah. it's kind of weird if it's not me doing the thing <laughs> yeah exactly and it's just I don't know I think some people might do better with that but for me I, I like being on my own yeah you know I get in the zone and I don't want to be distracted by other people asking me for things so it just works a lot easier if I can just say whatever like yeah I don't want to do that right now and yeah. <laughs> that's okay well so working with like some of the bigger companies do you find it's kind of hard sometimes when it's just you and they have like a whole like empire I think with artists is they kind of expect already that it's going to be dealing direct with the artist mm-hmm. because it's different than I think hiring um, like a marketing agency or something like that. I think for we already get directed to the art director or you know whoever it's exclusively just dealing with artists, and I think I don't know if it comes off as a surprise for them that it's just me. Yeah, I think sometimes when I'm working with like commercial clients, like, and I have to email the accounting person and they copy me on an email with their marketing person and then they hit the creative director mm-hmm. and there's like 50 people I'm talking to but it's always just me I think sometimes it's the companies forget that they're own like they have a big network but they're only working with the one person so sometimes it's hard for me to catch up with emails or I'm literally at a shoot so I can't respond to you because I'm doing photography right now True. <laughs> so it's I think it's interesting when I'm working with um with commercial clients versus just like hiring or someone who hired me to do portraits of them because there's so many moving parts and then it's like the whole like you can't just like get paid that day you have to go through their accounting department and become a vendor and then get like verified and then have a check come in the mail 30 days later yes. and it's like a whole process and everyone's always like well why don't you just tell them that you don't do the work until you get paid and I'm like you can't do that with a big company like they have a whole system in place with how this works and um I think it's it's kind of scary sometimes to go up against these big companies when you're working with them because it's just you but um it's fun though yeah, and I, I think I had more – I kind of transitioned a little more away from the bigger companies now because it kind of starting to become the same problem that I had with costume design. Is the bigger the company, the less freedom you have to yes, be creative. that's true. And that started to bother me because I was – I wanted to create art, but I still wanted to feel like I'm the artist and not just like, oh, this needs to be blue an inch by – two inches and then needs to fit in this square and needs to be like this I'm like literally I'm just a robot right now I'm just following directions and that lost the fun for me and just turned really quick into just a job Mm -hmm. and I realized that the smaller the companies the more freedom and the more creative I could be because they want to see what you can come up with yeah they don't have everything figured out so I think that naturally made me like look more for those companies and less say you know because in the beginning you want to say that you worked for all these big companies just because you want to like put it in your portfolio but in the end I was like I need to be happy and that's was the whole point of changing careers I could you know it's way cooler to say that I worked for movies so if that was the whole point I should have just stayed in costume design and that wasn't 
I was like, this was for me. So I need to find what to bring in, you know, me the most happiness. And I figured out very fast that I was like, uh, yeah, I do not want 10 people telling me exactly what to do. It's just, and I, I don't, it's kind of sad, you know, because they are, they want to say that they call it an artist to do it, but they don't want you to have the freedom to mm-hmm. do the art. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat sometimes where it's like, I'm working with a company and it's like going to look great on my resume. And I find out that I'm getting paid less sometimes and they're walking all over me and they tell me how I should edit and they tell me how I should do this. And then they want it the next day. And I'm like, this is not, <laughs> it looks cool to everyone else on Instagram because they're all like wow you did this and I'm like but you don't even know (laughs) what the process was like I know it's it's just such a it's very hard and I think it takes time to realize and know yourself because it's so easy for us to just want to do what everybody looks at us up to be doing right Mm -hmm. I think I even watched this documentary not that long ago um I forgot it was from a fashion designer I think it was um Saint Laurent I think it was on maybe Amazon or Netflix. And he's saying this whole time, like how much he actually doesn't like doing this. And he's only doing because everybody else looks up and thinks he's this genius and he's doing all of this. And I'm like, you know, this is just so sad, but I wonder how many people stay in a career Mm -hmm. just because they actually did well. And then now people look them as this successful person and they now don't feel like they can turn around. Was that the Zach Posen documentary? I don't know. I watched that one and it was kind of sad too. Really? It's just weird. And there was another one too that I saw with this artist. It was also very sad because he was also selling like his art actually was selling for like millions and everybody's like talking to him all this time. And he's like, I don't get it. Like, I don't feel it's successful. It's the same. You know, it's just kind of sad too. Yeah. And I think getting to that point and I haven't been super boxed in like that but there was a point where I was just doing so many of this certain kind of portrait and that's what everyone expected me to like these senior portraits are big around here in Baton mm-hmm. Rouge and, and there was a there was a time where I was literally doing like 90 of them like in the spring wow. like in a two or three month period and that's what everyone expected me to do they thought that that's what I was known for and then they loved it and I was like I hate my life like these are all the same <laughs> photos over and over again at the same location with the same type of person in the same outfit cap and gown mm-hmm. I hated it and I was like I don't know how to not be known for this this is not what I want to be known for and so trying to pivot from that is hard when it's just like this like cycle um, and then that was the point where I was like if I just stop posting that I do this work maybe I won't get it and it's to the point now where I only get like two or three a year uh, which is fine it is a choice in the end you know yeah. because I feel like it's like I said, like you by not like without realizing can start becoming you know about something you didn't even plan. And mm-hmm. to me that still happens. Like people do know me a lot for my watercolor and things like that, but that was never a choice. It was just one of the first mediums I was playing with and then they started getting work with it. And I'm like and all of a sudden I'm like, wait, do I even want to do this? <laughs> you create a monster sometimes and then you're I supposed know. to love the monster you created. But like you're like, no. And so that that's kind of the whole point of the slogan do what you want that I say because I was tired of doing stuff I didn't want to do. Like you said, what's the point of working for yourself if you hate what you're doing? Like that's mm-hmm. not why I did this. Um Yeah. And it, but it can be hard because when it's when there's dollar signs attached to it you kind of exactly. just it's blindly make it so hard for me. Like it's uh, like, I wish I could do a lot more the things that I want to do and less of the things that pay the bills. It's just, it's very tricky to it is. be able to find balance. It is. Um, well, so on that note, what are the things that you like to do? Like what are your favorite types of jobs? Hmm. I really like jobs that give me a story or like a, like some sort of, something written and I'm supposed to come up with how to represent that Mm -hmm. into a sketch or painting or something like that. And less of, Oh, we need an apple for this box. We need an apple turning this way, cutting in three quarters. You know what I mean? It's more like this is what's happening in whatever situation. And then how can we represent this with some sort of art and that I can come up with that. I preferred those jobs, but they are very rare because everybody, when it gets to be sent to me, they have such an expectation of what things should look like. Yeah, they're just telling you, like, they already know what they want. They're just having you be the vehicle for creating it. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. you know, it's there is some good part because it ends up being faster or, you know, you can do things um, without taking so much brain space. 
but they're not as fun for sure. Yeah, and I think those are the situations where it's like it's kind of helpful to have direction because sometimes when you have no direction, it's kind of scary because you don't know what people want. Mm-hmm. But then when it's like you have no, like you're not even using your brain, like I'm just showing up to take the photo to compose it exactly how you just showed me. And I'm like, why didn't you just take it? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I think with RM photography is very close. Like, yeah. The way that they, by the time you get to send you a brief they either already have it all figured out or they have nothing figured out and they also have like a million ideas at the same time Mm -hmm. and it's like okay let's pick one (laughs) yeah and and it's almost worse sometimes if like because I also do a little bit of graphic design I assume it's kind of similar to illustration but if you have no idea I'm like do you even have a color you want for your Mm -hmm. logo nothing and then you make it and they're like well I don't I don't like that color or I'm more of this and so they don't know what they want until they see what you already did then all of a sudden they know what they want yeah um why do you do both like do you like both did Um, did you always do both I'm sorry I'm no it's fine now asking you questions (laughs) (laughs) no that's fine a lot of people listening probably don't realize that I do graphic design and it's because I didn't feel comfortable saying I did it I kind of fell into a job um right after college doing graphic design full-time at a local nonprofit theater um because a friend of mine was actually the graphic designer there and she recommended me for the job and it was interesting because it's a performing arts venue and I do music photography and a lot of the designs revolved around it's more of like layout design where it's like a poster explaining who's coming to play at the theater so they need like the picture of the performer dates time logos next and so it's very fast-paced it's not I don't you can't get too creatively attached to it because it's not you're not really making anything spectacular you're kind of just like it's template based a lot of it and so I fell into that job and so I played around with graphic design for like every day full time for like a year and I had already kind of been messing around on photoshop and illustrator you know as creatives we all kind of can do a little bit of everything and so um I just never realized what I had been doing was considered graphic design so I felt a little sheepish calling myself a graphic designer because I wasn't prepared to like take on like full-blown logo branding gigs like if that's what people think of in their head they're like oh so you can do this and I'm like no not really (laughs) so I don't really advertise it too much but I do all of my own design work for my own website and merchandise and stuff and because it's fun but I do take on very little freelance gigs like I just recently um designed the official poster for our local blues festival and that was cool because it was I was using a photograph I took of the artist in the design so that's cool so you can mix both yeah, so it's I do do both, but it's not something that I really rely on. I take very little freelance stuff. It's kind of just dependent on like what the project is and who it is and if I like it. Because I don't really mm-hmm. feel comfortable saying that I'm a graphic designer because I'm really not. I would much rather refer to like talented people who do that for a living, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Photography is my main gig. But uh, yeah, so but sometimes when I do do, because I still work at the theater one day a week doing graphic design for them. Um, I'm no longer full time there. I do photography pretty much full time. But even sometimes when I'm there, they're like, make this. And I, I'm like, okay. I, and so I just make something. And then they're like, oh, actually, we want this, this, and this. So sometimes the, the people giving the, the direction don't know what they want until you give them something to work with to start from. Mm-hmm. So that can yeah. be hard. Yeah, definitely. And especially if you're not getting paid for the first few steps or something like that, it starts to add up really quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to give a, like rough drafts can be hard because you're like, here's 13 different <laughs> direction yeah. it could go and you still have to make all that and then sometimes they don't want any of it so um it can be hard but that's why I have so much respect for people like in your situation or, or graphic designers who do more like commission work because photography is still difficult but you're you're documenting something that's already there mm-hmm. so you don't have to build anything from the ground up usually with what I do mm-hmm. it's more so documenting whatever that person has set up for me or mm-hmm. a location or whatever but with illustration and stuff like that blank white page is so intimidating yeah it's it, I try to create my own set of rules and um so you don't just start from nothing mm-hmm. you know there's always like something decided before I go into anything I don't just like well, let's see what's going to come up out of this. You know, it's usually like I try to decide as much as possible before I even start anything, just so I don't fall into this. Where do I even start? Or yeah, this could turn into anything. Yeah, for sure. And I get overwhelmed very easily, <laughs> so I need to control my own, like, you know, as much as possible to not let myself just dream too much. So do you ever get creative block? Weirdly, I don't. Really? But I also don't know if I even 
believe in creative block. It's just I really set my um, work as a business, so I really don't allow myself to take days off if I'm not inspired. Let's say I really treat it like this is my job, and I gotta be here every day. And not everything that I do is gonna come out good, but a lot of times the greatest things I've done was out of days that I wasn't feeling it or starting out of work that I was like, oh, this is looking horrible. By the end, I'm like, oh my God, this was the best thing I've ever done. Like how did I go from horrible to great, you know? So I forced myself to just push through it mm-hmm. because I do think it's, if you if I wait for inspiration or to be in the mood, I honestly don't think it's ever going to be there. Yeah, that's something that I, I've talked about with friends before. It's like, it's so different with what we do because there are days that you wake up and you literally just don't feel creative Mm -hmm. but if you only worked in the days you felt creative you'd only work like five days out of the year and so that's the difference between doing personal art and just like you know maybe my best personal work has come out of those days I felt creative but like you can't afford to like someone hires me to go to a shoot today like if I'm not feeling it I can't just not go like I have to go still take pictures and so (laughs) it's hard when you're doing it like commercially or like a business way because you have to like you said, work through those pressures and either way, the client's still expecting you to like give them something. So it may not be your best work, but sometimes it could be because of the pressures that you don't feel. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I think if you don't set yourself with those rules, you're going to end up falling through a lot of different excuses. Mm -hmm. And there could be so many from physically not feeling well to mentally not feeling well to your environment not being perfect to somebody saying something especially working from home it could be so many things it could be my dog not feeling good it could be the neighbors Mm -hmm. are being loud it could be my husband having a day off it could be family coming over it's just if I don't set those rules I really don't think it could make enough and you know it's just not really your choice and if even I think for people that do it just as a hobby if you get yourself a set of rules, I think you'll be able to be a lot more productive. Yeah, it's uh, it's like that boss mentality. If you're not going to have a boss telling you, then mm-hmm. you have to do it yourself. And that's part of the, the issue with working from home or being your own boss is that you have to be your own boss. And sometimes that means that you can be flexible, but you also have to like discipline yourself or else nothing will ever happen. Yeah. Self-discipline is it's really not an option. And I think that's why a lot of people, when they leave the corporate jobs they don't know how to adjust because Mm -hmm. it's and for me I think it's just easier because I never had a corporate job (laughs) because with costume was kind of very similar you know we had deadlines the director pretty much just give you a script and like there you go you know and they just expect you to have it already and it's up to me if I'm going to work 20 hours a day or two because you don't get paid by hour right so I think that helped me a little build that self-discipline on it's up to me to make this happen and I really suffer from feeling guilty (laughs) if I take time off that it's not even worth the taking it off because I'm not going to enjoy it I'm just going to feel horrible and I sometimes that happens it's like it's a snow day or something like ah you know what today I'm just going to relax and then by midday I'm like this feels like torture like (laughs) I should be working (laughs) Yeah, I'm really bad at, like, the self-care aspect because I like what I do, so I hustle. And it, it can be hard to find the boundaries because the lines are very blurry on, like, what's work and what's not. And But every time I think, like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, I shot an event late last night, so this morning I'm going to take it off. I get on the computer to do something. And then before you know it, six hours later, I've, like, designed something for my website. Yeah. I'm like, do, I still end up working, and it's yeah. I can't just chill. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of a it, problem. being having your own business, I really don't think you can have a balance, you know, it just mm-hmm. like everything I think and do turns somehow related to my work. Like, yeah. Well, it, and especially it, when you're a creative business, cause as a creative person, everything can be inspiration at any time. Yeah. And everything can turn into a new idea. And I'm always like writing stuff down all day, like a crazy person. And like, you barely can take a shower without having notes to write it down. Yeah. It's just, it's, I think it's just a, part of it and for people that are not in it it can seem like you were just a workaholic but it's just it's your passion you know how else to have it differently you know it's not really a choice even on days because I try to tell myself some days I'm not going to work mm-hmm. but it's just 
really rare that it doesn't turn into me reading a book that has something to do with this or going to some museum or, you know, it's yeah. just just who I am, I guess, and can't really shut it off. Yeah, it's very difficult to do that. But um, like you said, people on the outside just think you're like a crazy workaholic person. And it can feel like that sometimes, but it's in a good, it's like in a healthy way because it's like we're having fun. Like we like what we do. Yeah, and I, I do think also maybe because we're young, we're still ex- too excited to not want to miss mm-hmm. an opportunity. Maybe 30 years from now when we, you know, we might feel like, oh, I'm okay taking a week without even thinking about there yet. Yeah. I don't feel like I accomplished enough of what I want to do to be able to feel like now it's all good. <laughs> I agree. So how do you stay productive at home? Like, what is, like, your routine like? Um... It's, I have, have a very common work hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to work from pretty much nine to five just so I can feel as most normal as possible. Mm-hmm. But I am a super uh, morning person, so I wake up at five every day. Okay. And I try to get in this first few hours, like all the personal stuff, like going to the gym or um, if I want to write for my blog, meditate, whatever, like, fun personal thing I want to do I try to do that as soon as I wake up and then I try to tell myself like I gotta be in the studio which is just another room in the house Mm. by nine o'clock and I try to take like half an hour lunch break just like everybody else I try not to turn on the tv and you know getting myself too much freedom because before you know it's like a few hours went by and I like uh should have done that you know so just trying to keep myself in the most normal schedule possible. And obviously it doesn't always work that way. And sometimes I do like break for dinner and have to come back to the office mm-hmm. to do more work. But at least I know if I work those eight hours, at least I'm like, nobody can judge me because I'm being like everybody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? And on the weekends, Saturday, I mostly just do like personal house stuff. Like, grocery shopping or whatever and then on Sundays if I have like a extra thing that I want to create like let's say right now I'm working on the book so that's when I do that because I know that's not work that I'm getting paid to do it's just something I decided to do and who knows if it's ever going to turn into any uh, money Mm -hmm. so I try to keep that on a Sunday and call it a hobby even though it's not (laughs) but it's just too early on to substitute the actual work that brings in money to do the things that I consider fun, if that's, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And that's how I feel about like my podcast, for instance. It's something fun that I'm doing that eventually, I mean, it's good for my business. It's like advertisement, basically. I'm getting to network with all these people, but it's not, mm-hmm. no, like I'm not getting any money from doing this. So it's kind of last on my list. Like I just try to schedule interviews wherever I can fit them. But like if I get an opportunity to do a shoot today, like, the podcast interview is going to get rescheduled. Do you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. like, this is just last on my list. It's like something fun that I'm doing that is business related, but it's not, it's not first priority, especially in a, in a world where I am, where it's like clients can sometimes be needy or last minute I have a shoot opportunity or whatever. And so those, I'm trying to balance them at all, but in the same thing with like reading a book or, or whatever, it's kind of like, those are the fun things I'm trying to do, like wherever I can fit them. But first and foremost, if someone paid me to do photos, I have to make sure I edit them in a timely manner and I have to, answer my emails and it can be hard because the podcast is fun so it's like trying to yeah take time away from that and I think with all of creative people our biggest challenge is we have so many ideas and so many things we want to do and it's pretty much impossible to do them all and if we don't have those rules we're going to start doing like millions of things at the same time nothing's going to actually get it done right and it's you know we can easily get lost in our own Especially, I think, nowadays with everybody wanting to be an entrepreneur. And if you're creative at the same time, there are a lot of things we could do. Like, even for me, it becomes sometimes crazy. Like, YouTube channel, and then you got to post on social media, and then I have a blog, and then I have client work, and then personal work, and now the book. And then when you realize, it's like, okay, this is just not all going to work, you know, if I'm trying to do everything yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I, I used to try to structure my weeks where it's like Mondays I take shoots and Tuesdays I edit and Wednesdays I run errands and start, like and it never worked because like not everyone else's schedule can abide by that. So if someone wanted to book me for a shoot on a day that I don't do shoots, then I wasn't going to like turn it down. So I tried to yeah. structure things for a while and then it turned into this fluid thing where I'm kind of just 
you know, making it up as I go. And sometimes it's not as productive, but I'm trying to be as flexible as possible for like appointments and clients and stuff. But, um, I, I do try to stick to like the boundaries I've set to myself. Like, okay, I need to get a blog post up this week. I need to send out my newsletter by Thursday. I need to get the podcast mm-hmm. episode by Monday. So trying to have some st- slight structure has helped a little yeah. bit because it's like, and then my boyfriend will be like, well, you know, it's Thursday and you didn't send out your newsletter. Like, who cares? Like, just don't, it's not important. And I'm like, that's literally the only rule I have. So I have to follow it. Because if I don't follow it, then everything yeah. just falls to shit. Yeah. Because it's always, you can always just say, like, not this week, right? And it's just when you realize a few months went by and you just didn't do that. And as long as our rules are realistic, mm-hmm. it's okay. The problem is finding what actually is realistic. And I, I'm still learning yeah that because i used to say i'm gonna do you know four videos a week and then it's like obviously i'm not gonna be able to make that happen and turn to like now maybe one or two (laughs) yeah and that's the beauty of working for yourself is that like like my boyfriend said no one really cares like no one's gonna notice if you only put up two versus four like we create those rules for ourselves but if we don't have those rules then we have nothing because we need some sort of structure or else like it's just all up in the air but i wanted to ask you about that so yeah i have your youtube pulled up you have a lot of videos and a lot of subscribers. So tell me about like doing your YouTube channel. It's, it started, I think a few years ago. So I don't really consider having a lot of subscribers or a lot of videos just because, you know, obviously nowadays YouTube became like a way of, I don't know, like it's its own business now. Mm -hmm. And people are, that's people can just be a YouTuber full time. But for me, it was just, I never intended or, I don't think I ever want to just consider myself a full-time person on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's just more a place to just share my work. Mm-hmm. To me, it's not enough to just share my life if I wasn't producing anything, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Exactly. Um, so it just was another place that I can be closer, I guess, to people that follow my work and to show more the day-to-day than to just... Because I feel like photos and writing can still come off a little cold Mm -hmm. but with video people can right away get to know you and your personality so I do think it's very helpful it's just so time consuming to edit the videos that Mm -hmm. I wish I could like be very fast at it but I'm not so nowadays I do a lot less and I try to just do it goes to daily once a week but it's more to share my work than actually become a YouTuber if that makes sense no I know what you mean and I find the same I have the same opinion about people on Instagram and it's there there are people who are like Instagram or YouTube famous but they don't Mm -hmm. do anything they just have like their life just alive that's cool but it's so much easier when you have like an actual product or service that you can talk about Um, and I think these people end up eventually coming up with a product or a business because they can't just it's not it starts to become boring, I think. Mm-hmm. There's only so many meals you can photograph without feeling like, yeah. what am I doing, you know? And I think this is new, but in a, 10 years from now, nobody's going to care about mm-hmm. how many, you know, just photos of your kids or photos of your food. And it's great that it's working for now, but I don't know how people are going to be able to sustain that for too much longer now that everybody's doing. It's going to get very difficult if you don't have a real um service to offer or product thing yeah and I feel like sometimes if I'm like at a restaurant and I'm trying to take a picture of my food or something and I feel so cringy I feel like embarrassed but then I have to remember like I actually this is like a business like I actually have to like put stuff out there to show Mm -hmm. my photography or my personality to get clients and like it's not like I'm just like this normal random person just doing this and being extra about it this is like a business thing and so when I put it that way it's easier for me to like stomach like okay I'm spending a lot of time on social media but it's because this is how I advertise what I do and like by putting myself out there that's going to get people to to like or not like me and that's going to turn into clients or not or you know word of mouth marketing or whatever so um sometimes I can feel weird putting myself out there and same thing with videos like I only have a couple up but I have like online workshop series and they're all video based and it was so weird I was so like weird about recording them and kind of embarrassed and editing them took so long but then I was like at the end of the day this is how people are going to engage with me and eventually pay me for something so yeah it's definitely important I think it became a really 
I think for everybody now, social media and personal branding is just not even a choice anymore. If you don't have it, it's like people don't even take you serious. So Mm -hmm. it's just, even with, by the end that I was finishing up with costume design, it was already starting to become a thing that even directors would be like, how many followers you have? And you'd be like, what? Like that is, yeah. So it definitely, I think independent of which uh, industry you're on, it matters now that you have to call it as part of your business. If you have your own business, um, I don't think, you know, it's and it gets a little bit embarrassing in the beginning when you're like doing all this stuff in public. But I think now people are more like just it's not that big of a deal that people are probably just are yeah. okay with it. You know, I see sometimes like, should I be doing this in public? And I'm like, nobody's caring. Yeah, well, I remember, I know what you mean. Like a couple of years ago, I was on Snapchat and I followed some business branding girl. I don't know, but this was like probably like 2015 or something. And mm-hmm. she would talk to her camera and her stories. And I was like, that's so weird. I would never do that. <laughs> and then like the first time I talked to my camera, I'm like, everyone's going to think I'm so like, not selfish but like pretentious like they're gonna think it's yeah. so weird and all my like my actual friends were kind of like this weird and then I realized people would respond to me every time yeah I always got yeah, DMs people, and stuff so people then, are curious about people I think yeah you know? we want to so, know exactly what you're doing all day long and yeah. if you are comfortable sharing the better yeah and I would get people would ask me questions and ask me what I'm wearing or if I'm you know what's my experience with this or that and like even when I moved into like my apartment like I had this whole saga where like I had a lot of cockroaches when I moved in it's a very old building <laughs> and I put all that on my Instagram stories and people have never engaged with me more everyone had all these tips for me and they were laughing and what I, so then I was like well if people are going to keep answering me and like engaging then I guess I'll keep talking so now it's second nature I can get a, on Instagram live or whatever and it doesn't matter but at the beginning it was very weird and I think everyone's just more comfortable with it, that happening now because like you said personal branding is kind of a a required thing of everybody now and even on youtube even on instagram i used to just not talk about me it was always just about my work Mm -hmm. it was always just like if i'm going to do a video it's going to be a video about business it's going to be a photo about my art and it was never like who cares about my day-to-day and then when i did it a one or two about me that always gets more views Mm -hmm. or more likes it's ridiculous how like all of my vlogs get a lot more views than my time lapse of art yeah so i was like you know what people actually are more curious about the artist than the art itself Mm -hmm. and it's important to share both i think and it's still hard and I still have to remind myself to do it more because it's you think good art should speak for itself but it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't yeah. yeah that's what I always tell people too is you know like the photograph that I spent the most time on that I think is the greatest thing of my career and amazing and I put it up and then I'll post a selfie with my boyfriend getting like juice and it gets like double the amount <laughs> of engagement and I'm like this is yeah. so dumb but it just is what it is I think you're right and I'm guilty of it too like I want to know who it is that I might be hiring or engaging with or whatever. And I want to know mm-hmm. their story because that's other, if, if you're not putting yourself out there and differentiating it, then you're no different than anyone else they could hire. So don't, at that point they might be hiring you based on like who you are and what you like. Yeah. So. And I think photography is just like art. Like there is no really way to judge if it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. It just becomes, it's like mysterious way to like people's opinions turning to quality, mm-hmm. which it's so hard to judge and so much of it's more because of who did it than actually what the final product is exactly that if we don't have that personal branding the value it's not even be giving to our work which is kind of messed up but it's how it it has to be that way because not there's just no right and wrong yeah, it's the same thing with fashion. Like, for instance, you know, Carl yeah. Lagerfeld passed away yesterday, and yeah. I'm sure you heard that. So and it's sad, like, because he was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I mean, you see, like, fashion designs, or designers, and brands are the name, like Chanel or Tommy yeah. Hilfiger, or like Ralph Lauren, and those are the people. And like, if it wasn't that person, like, it's just any other shirt or any other. Yeah, and, and they like, usually, the, it's not the material, it's not the cost, it's not the design you know it's, it's the just brand. the name yeah yeah it's like and, louis vuitton is going to be timeless forever because it's louis vuitton like it doesn't matter yeah. if it's the same as everything else exactly i mean so it's just even with food it's that way like 
you know, restaurants with name can charge you a lot more for the same plain food that you can get anywhere else or you can home. You know, it's just, I think because there's so many people in the world, there's got to be something that separates um, people from being all the same. And I guess it has to be who we are because there's just no other way to categorize and judge. So it could be a good thing. You just have to be willing to put yourself out there. Yeah, I think so too. And so what would your advice be for anyone aspiring to do art or anything creative, you know, for a living? Um, It's so hard because there could be so many things that I definitely want to, because I know especially nowadays too, people, everybody's giving advice and it's, I think, Honestly, my number one advice would be stop listening to advice and actually mm. take in your own inner voice and your because I think in the end of the day we like even let's say you want to create a morning routine, mm-hmm. you can research for like days on what other people are doing their morning. It doesn't mean it's gonna work for you. It doesn't mean it's what you should do it in your morning. Right. And there's so many business books now and everybody's trying to give you advice on how to do it. And I think in the end of the day, we all know already the answer. We just keep looking for other people to validate what we already want to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just I think it's sometimes we just need to listen to ourselves and realize that we know the answers and we're going to figure out ourselves because we can get really overwhelmed by just trying to do everything that I, all these people are telling it's just there's just no way to know there's nothing that will work for everybody yeah I'm kind of a self-help junkie like those those books and (laughs) yeah I am too but I have to self like you have to stop stop myself yeah Yeah. because otherwise you can literally just like fall in this hole of just reading all these self-help books but never actually executing something in real life so you get all this knowledge and you're like yeah yeah I'm gonna do affirmations in the mirror I'm gonna wake up at 5 a.m I'm gonna drink you know, ginger juice in the morning, whatever, like apple cider vinegar. Yeah. You can read all this all you want. And then like, if you never do it, like then you're just reading all this self-help but never helping yourself. There's this book. I don't, I'm not really sure. Um, I think it's like the artist way or the artist um, creative routines or something like that. And it's like, he compiles like every like famous writer and like, artists that in history and what they work routine was like and everybody's routine was so completely different there was just no way you can like follow there's no magic like Mm -hmm. this is how you should do it everybody's gonna have to find a way and I think I the same way like I can get really caught up into just trying to figure out what's the best of the best and then put it all together and I can fit all of this in my schedule and I can't and some of the things that's I know it's not important to me or it's like for me for example writing is a big thing not everybody needs to have writing in their morning routine I don't you know I think I couldn't do that maybe you have a kid and it's part of your morning routine to have time with your kid I think we just we probably know a lot more than we give ourselves credit and we just keep looking for an answer because we feel like insecure if our choice is the best. But I do think we, in the end of the day, we know, like we have that little thing that makes us feel good or feel bad. And we know what's right or wrong for ourselves. And I think if we just listen more to that, we're going to feel more um, comfortable. And I think it will simplify so much because yeah. it's just not enough time to be taking in all this information <laughs> yeah there's just like too much coming at you which I guess so this brings me back to what I asked at the beginning so I, I'm a big fan of that blog the skinny confidential and I mm-hmm. listen to her podcast with her husband all the time and she is always saying you know like stay in your lane like just don't get distracted by what everyone else is doing and just kind of do you because otherwise you're going to be influenced by what everyone else is doing and it's going to eventually creep into your work and how you do stuff and then mm-hmm. you're not you anymore so um anyways like what what work did you do for her do you remember it was a flower for her blog it was like a I think she was I'm not sure if she actually ended up selling the print but he had like her name written on okay the flower like the name of the blog and had like the pink that she uses a lot for like everything it was just um it was like her my take I guess on her blog okay that's cool Um, I just had you can probably 
like go go and find it. Yeah, I just read that you had done something for her, and I'm I heard her speak at a conference called Create Cultivate a couple years ago, and I was like, this girl is like blonde and sounds super California, but she's actually really smart. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I was very taken aback by how much knowledge she had when she was speaking, and then I started listening to her podcast with her husband and. Um, they cracked me up, but th- that was that's a really good podcast. It's called The Skinny Confidential, Him and Her, for anyone listening. Um, if you can get over all, like, she's got a lot of ads, and she talks a lot about skincare and, like, boob jobs and stuff, but they talk a lot about business, too, and it's a really good podcast. But I think I've listened to maybe, um, I don't know. I think there was an episode that she did with Julia, which is, like, another influencer. I think she now has, like, a track. I think it's um, Glam girl meets glam something like yeah, yeah, that yeah. i think i listened to her podcast with them and i think it was because i was just curious just like how people work yeah. you know, as a couple because my husband and i like we don't do anything together but we kind of have to because he, there's no way i cannot talk to him about business even though right. he does something completely different and i was like no i'm gonna listen to see if, and i was like well i don't know how they do it because I it's i would never be able to stop talking about work yeah i well so my boyfriend and i like we're not married and we don't live together or anything but he's he works in marketing and so i do value his opinion on certain things and i talk to him but he's very different person than me i'm very creative and he's very analytical and i think we would actually kill each other if we had to do anything together i would probably cry every yeah. day and we would hate each other and it would ruin everything <laughs> yeah i don't i honestly couldn't get I couldn't make a business decision with somebody that I'm so comfortable with to say anything because I would just get really we're different people and I would be so upset that he, he won't treat things the same way as I'm mm-hmm. taking. And if he wanted to take a break, I'll probably like, you know, go crazy on him saying like, what you can't do that. And it's like, it wouldn't work because when you're working with somebody you're not that comfortable, you have to kind of like take it to yourself and not say everything out loud yeah. but somebody you're so comfortable with oh my god I, I it would never work like that's like my <laughs> boyfriend's a musician and when I launched my online workshops like a, a, around a year ago um I was like can you write me like a 30 second little like ditty for me to mm-hmm. use for like the intro music I don't care what it is you have full creative freedom like do it whatever um, cause I didn't want to get licensing for music and whatever. And this was, I thought it'd be a cool project to do together. And I was like, I'll credit you or whatever. And, um, it, we almost like broke up over this because it was like, <laughs> I needed yeah. it. And he kept, he's such a perfectionist and he kept trying to tweak it and he wasn't happy with it. And then I was like literally waiting to launch because I was waiting on him to give me this 30 <laughs> second thing that I gave him like months and months to work on. And I was like, this is not even about you anymore. I need the music to launch my thing. And it was bad. Like we just like kept fighting about, it. I had to like hang up on him. Like it was a whole thing. So when the podcast came out, I was like, look, I would love for you to write something similar. But I'm yeah. not waiting for you. I'm launching this like today. And so I'm going to license some music that sounds similar to what you did. <laughs> so my intro music for anyone listening, I got it. Like I bought it on like a website and I licensed it to use. But it's very similar to like the style he would write. And I told him like in five years, if you come up with something, I'll use it. But we are not working together anymore because I'm going to kill you. It's better, right? I think it's it's just, I don't know. I think some things should stay. And obviously we talk about business. You know, yeah. everything that's going on and like we, he actually helps me a lot of the finances of it because I'm horrible at it. Mm-hmm. And because I'm always having new ideas, he has to be the one telling me like, uh, you can market all of this. You can't do all of this. Your life's already too busy. So it helps having somebody to talk about those things with, but there's a limit where it's like, you know, I, I can depend on him to do the business side. It's just yeah. when I need help, he's just there because he's my husband and unfortunately he doesn't get to get a, away from it but he even a lot of times he has to be the one telling like uh, I think we need to stop talking about this because I can't just put all the pressure on him to make the decisions yeah. Yeah. well after the music debacle I pretty much told Christian I was like look I don't unless you want to buy my workshop like you're not you don't get to watch it like I don't want any feedback from you because he's so <laughs> critical and honest which I appreciate but yeah I was like I don't <laughs> I don't care. Like, you don't get to listen to my yeah. podcast. If you're not going to be on it, you don't get to listen. You don't get to watch my workshops. And I, I've actually done some presentations at different things and um, different, like, presentations on branding or whatever, like, different things. And he finally came to one the other day. And I was so nervous that he was there because he hadn't ever seen me or heard me speak because I liked mm-hmm. it that way. And afterwards, I thought he was going to, like, rip me to shreds. And he was like, oh, that was really good. You had good content. And I was like, oh. Okay, well, maybe you can come to all of them now. <laughs> but I was always very separate with that, too, because I was like, I don't want to feel nervous that you're there because you're very critical. 
And I think it's also like not forcing them to like what we do because yeah. I know, and I know like I know he doesn't watch my YouTube videos. Like he doesn't need to know because he already lives with me. Like there's yeah. no point in him looking what I'm eating for breakfast or how mm-hmm. my sketching routine is. And I don't get offended that he didn't watch. You know, yeah. it's just I know you're not into this. Like you don't. I don't care. You're not looking at exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. It's fine. He likes to be like, I also, you edited this wrong. And I'm like, oh, I don't care what you think because I like it. <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes like you call like, oh, you wrote this wrong. This is not how you say it in English. I'm like, it's fine. People know that I'm not American. Okay. Like I'm not going to, I can't pretend <laughs> that I'm always going to write everything perfect. Like people need to accept, like I will make mistakes, move on. You got the message. And, you know, it helps uh, sometimes it, but if every time I wrote something or every time I did something, he had to check and then tell me. This would just start to lose the fun for me, and it I would, would just ruin be... your relationship. <laughs> yeah, and so, and I also don't get into his stuff, so it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. do, I'm not into finances. I'm not into your work, so just, just do your thing, and I'll do my thing. And you know, so we, when we actually get together, we can be relaxed and yeah. not like stressed about work. Yeah, that's why I have so much respect for couples who can't work together. Because I'm like, man, sounds fun in theory, but it also sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. I... I honestly, I think they would have to have a different personality than mine because mm-hmm. I think I'll take things too stressed and I, won't, I wouldn't be able to like realize it no, or keeping balance. <laughs> so what are your goals for your business and what is next for you? Oh, wow. Uh, difficult question. Like I said, there's so much I want to do. Um, not sure yet what, how many of those things are realistic to expect but the book is something that it's a big writing is a big thing for me even though it's not related to yeah how I do my work I really want to start incorporating writing with my art so even if that means the book will have artwork to it mm-hmm. or if the artwork is going to start having kind of like a mini story behind it um so I'm trying to combine both things so this year, it's kind of like where I'm starting to play around with that more. Um, so definitely, and that's more of a personal thing that I don't know yet how much is going to take over the actual commercial side of the illustration. Um, I'm happy with how the illustration part is going. I do like the clients that I get, and I like that I'm usually, especially now that I create so much for individuals instead of companies, I get the feeling that the things actually matter for them. And it's not just to make money. It's actually, even though sometimes it feels like it's not as fun to draw somebody's kid or somebody, I know that that has so much more meaning Mm -hmm. to them and say, putting that in their wall than actually just a sketch for a magazine or something that actually there's no emotion attached to it. Mm -hmm. So I like, I'm learning to like that, I guess now, because I see, how happy makes people. And to me, that's kind of like, it makes me feel that I'm not just creating something useless in the end of the day. Um, so I like the way that's going. So I do think my main focus this year, it's more trying to create the personal portfolio that I'm actually proud of, that it didn't just, like you said, happen to happen that way because of client work and that I actually stopped and took my time to create, which is so tricky and, kind of like incorporates everything we talked about from self-discipline to being organized. But I do think it's important. And I think that, like we said, it's the whole point of doing this in the first place. So I just need to do it. (laughs) So what's your book about? It's a novel, actually. Um, It started as one of those self-help books for artists and that turned into a novel, which is hilarious because I never, ever thought I could, had any reason to write a novel, you know? Um, but the more I sat down to write, the more this idea came to me. And I was like, you know what? I just got to get it out of my head. Yeah. And that turned into like this monster. Then now I just like, it took over kind of like a lot of my time that, and I now I'm obsessed with it. And I'm telling my husband, like, Oh, can do you think I could just write now and stop, you know? And he's like, Oh, let's take it slow you know? <laughs> because I can easily just like jump. I to one tell. thing to another but I think I might still be able to add some artwork to it even if it's like maybe one per chapter or something even though it's meant for adults it's not like a children's book I still think um 
if it's like a black and white sketch or something, yeah. it could be cool. So, so when do you see. think you'll be done with that? My goal to be done with it this year. Okay. So I'm like a quarter way in probably. That's now. awesome. So we'll see. If I have a hard time even like saying this in public because I have no idea if it's going to come out good, if it's going to yeah. turn into anything. But I also am a big believer that I might as well try and, instead of being regretting that I never did. So I'm just giving it a try. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's really, that's like super intimidating. Like writing a book, that's awesome that you're doing that. Um, well, I so, think it's less intimidating knowing that it's not, it doesn't, nothing needs to come off of it. Yeah, there's no strings attached. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it could be like New York Times bestseller or it could just be like something that you never release. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. awesome. Well, so where can everyone keep up with you and see your work and follow you with all of your platforms? Um, I guess the easiest way is to just go to my website, um, brunababs.com, and you can find all the videos and photos and articles and everything in one place just because now who knows <laughs> where these platforms are going to be tomorrow yeah, that's if true. they don't exist. So at least the website is a home for everything. Yeah, and so that's where people can find out about your book if and when it comes to life? Yes. Okay, yeah. very cool. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the show, Bruna. That was a really insightful conversation, and I'm going to go watch, like, all your YouTube videos now, probably. Oh, my God. Don't don't, don't go that far. <laughs> We're not all that good. <laughs> and that's what everyone says. But thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Hey, y'all, just popping in to give a big thanks to you for listening to this episode of Do What You Want Radio. As always, if you are enjoying what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and follow if you're on Spotify. Show notes for this episode and more can be found at dowhatyouwantradio.com. I am super active on my Instagram account at Jordan Heffler if you're interested in keeping up with me there. And I also have a weekly email newsletter that you can subscribe to at jordanheffler.com slash subscribe. Every Thursday, I send out a tip of the week along with promotional information about my Do What You Want workshop series, online e-courses that help you learn to create authentically branded content that leverage growth on your social media platforms all by yourself. I also have Lightroom presets, merchandise, and just general information about my life and photography business in these email newsletters. Y'all are so awesome for listening. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep doing what you want. <laughs> Did that sound too fake?